0: Welcome to this Nordea Markets Insights podcast. My name is Terry Baines, and I'm excited to be hosting this mini-podcast series focusing on our newly released issue of the Nordea economic outlook, the road to recovery. I'm getting the chance to interview some of the economists behind the report and dive into each of their specific subject areas. And today, I'm very happy to be joined by Amy Zhuang, Nordea's chief Asia analyst. Hi, Amy. Great to have you.
1: Hi, Terry. Great to be here.
0: So, China was the country where the corona crisis began, and in that sense, it's serving as a bellwether for the rest of the world. How has the recovery been going in China, both in terms of the virus itself and the economy?
1: I would say, if we look
0: at the virus curve, um, China's has
1: been flattening uh, already for more than three months now. Um, So, already since February, uh, the number of new cases and also number of deaths have been uh, reduced significantly. And nowadays we have uh, almost none new cases every day. So that is a significant improvement. In terms of the economic curve or the GDP curve, well, it's it's still early to say. Um, We had a very large decline or contraction of the economy in the first quarter of this year. And um, the numbers, the economic indicators we have are unfortunately backward-looking. So most of the data uh, are, are still for April and May. Uh, only a few numbers for May are available. So so we don't really have um, that many uh, kind of indication for how the economy is going on. But The, the indication we have is that we have following the re- uh, reopening of the society and the economy the growth rebound is happening uh, but very gradually what we're seeing now is that um it will probably take a few more months before uh before the economy is back on track and that is even uh, in the most optimistic uh scenario
0: okay and it, are all sectors back up and running now or or how how does it look well, uh,
1: the production sector uh, is the first sector to be uh, back and running, and so to speak. Um, the, um, the the government, both centrally and locally, have been uh, very active in urging employees and uh, to return to work. And um, big companies have also facilitated help in terms of transportation to uh, to help. Uh, staff go, coming back from other provinces uh and also giving uh help to on um, uh paperwork and so on uh, so so i would say in terms of the production especially manufacturing um it's uh, it's it's pretty much back to normal uh capacity but if we look at the private consumption uh and and also especially the service sector the uh, the recovery is lagging behind and here i would say and of course the, it varies from from business to business uh, and from subsector to subsector but it's probably still only half um back uh, and and in some other like travel it's probably more than um half below normal uh, levels so so the situation still looks pretty dire
0: okay um you mentioned the service sector and uh i know that's one of the uh, the areas that's been hit the hardest in this crisis Um, making it different from, say, the the financial crisis. Do you think that's going to affect how long uh, the recovery takes in China?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, After years of efforts from the the authorities in China, they wanted to promote the service sector. Actually, now, today, the service sector is dominating the Chinese economy, accounting for uh, nearly 60% of the economy, and that is, the same level as what we have in the major advanced economies and so so the service sector is very important and given that the service sector is the slowest to recover that will uh, delay the overall uh, growth recovery in China
0: okay um and uh, are places like movie theaters back up and running or, or is that still a, are they still shut down yeah mo-
1: Yeah, movie theaters are actually still shut down, uh, at least officially. And uh, also then other uh, facilities are more region, uh, kind of decided by the regional authorities. So like fitness centers and theaters and exhibitions. Uh, So many of the recreational uh, service facilities are either still closed down, but even if in some regions they are open, they actually are struggling to attract Kind of visitors or demand. Uh, And I think the first kind of uh, reason for that is really that the people are scared of going out and going to crowd, potentially crowded indoor spaces. Um, I think that that is because of the the, the quite high fear of uh, a second round of uh, infections
0: right in in the report you you focus a bit on that um and that kind of the main, one of the main challenges at the moment is is insufficient demand in this crisis um that people are staying home and and keeping their wallets closed what do you think it will take for demand to pick up again for for people to go out and start spending again
1: yeah well as i said one of the the main reasons for people don't go out to, to spend money is the fear uh, of a second wave of infections. So we need to see the pandemic being under control, probably not only in China but but globally. That we need to have, you know, people kind of firmly believing that this is behind of us. So probably you will need a cure or a vaccine to be uh, publicly available before uh, you will really see um, that people behind uh, putting this fear behind them. Uh, The second reason for why uh, people are are refraining from spending is actually the very high uh, kind of um, insecurity about uh, jobs and income, uh, as we know from uh, many countries and also from China, the unemployment rate has has been increasing quite sharply. And in China, the uh, the the last three four months, we have seen the in- unemployment rate uh, increase to six percent. But I think there is a reason for that. This number, this official number, is significantly uh, underestimated, um, and that is because this usually the 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 Chinese uh, jobless Statistics are pretty. They don't really account for the full uh, effect of migrant workers because it is hard. Uh, It's either you see people register as unemployed, which migrant workers might not always do, um, or you need to like have them answer the surveys. And also, again, here migrant workers may may not answer the survey as such. And there are 300 million migrant workers in China, so. You know, if you just miss 10% of those, that's 30 million people's difference. So, so it is uh, quite hard to to go the real unemployment situation. But if we look at how many people actually working uh, work in the service sector, the service sector is not only the biggest sector for the economy; it's also the biggest employer. It actually employs up to 70% of the total employment. So here we're talking about about 400. Um, million people, more than that, even. Uh, so so is that realistic to think that during the last few months where the economy and especially a large part of the service sector was closed down, is that realistic to think that no more than 6% of people have lost their jobs? I think the real number is significantly higher. And I've heard domestic independent economists think that this uh, number could be as high as 20%. And that explains why people are pessimistic and looking uh, pretty dark at their near term future so so income uh, needs to be people need to feel secure about their jobs and income before they really want to resume spending especially on recreational services like going to the cinemas, go to the fitness center, and go traveling
0: okay um and then based on that i guess uh how much do we expect the chinese economy to grow this year and how how does it compare to our forecast before the coronavirus hit so for the chinese economy this year we expect
1: a growth of merely 1% and that is by far the lowest um that china uh, has seen if this becomes true and um and our forecast before the coronavirus was uh barely 6% so 5.9% so it's, yeah, so it's a significantly downward revision uh, due to the coronavirus. But I think the f- primary reason, first, we had a, uh, when the coronavirus just hit, we kind of had a quite a negative, um, a, a larger revision of, of the GDP growth, but not as near as 1%. But as the the reopening has developed and the economy has been recovering and it actually has been recovering more slowly than we had expected uh, to begin with, that made us to come up with uh, 1%, which is the lowest um, estimate we have had so far uh, for for China uh, during the coronavirus. So I think that is kind of not only uh, reflecting a, our bearish views on how quick or how slowly the Chinese economy will recover uh, after this crisis, but also reflect the, the very high degree of uncertainty, uh, because China has never seen, I mean, uh, a crisis this big, What well, has not seen uh, kind of uh, a crisis like this in many, many decades. and um, And also what is really new to China and to the Chinese policymakers is that they have never had to deal with such a big crisis with a new normal economy. That means that an economy that is very much dependent on household consumption and very much dependent on service sector. Because before you could have, um, before when the Chinese economy was Uh, driven by production or public investment, it's much easier to grow out of a crisis because the government can simply just order state-owned companies to start producing again, or companies and and local governments to to start investing heavily, which they did after, for instance, the the global financial crisis in 2008. But this time, uh, when it comes down to the consumers, you can't order 1.4 people, uh, 1.4 billion people, to all go out and buy a new phone tomorrow, or all go to restaurants. So, so it's much harder to to control uh, the economy uh, today than compared to 10 years ago.
0: Right, that's very interesting. Um, what about next year? Do you expect expect growth to pick up next year? Yes, we do that, um,
1: and that is mostly because we expect. The virus situation to be more or less under control, and also that the confidence will gradually return to the people, and uh, and the, the government policies will help to securing jobs and uh, compensating for lost income, and and uh, that will restore gradually the consumer and business uh, confidence. So we expect uh, 8% growth next year, uh, somewhat higher than our previous forecast, um, and that is due to the low basis effect we have this year, but also due to kind of the compensation for um, the production that has been lost, but also some of the uh, service sector rebound.
0: Okay. And uh, beyond the pandemic in the report, we also point to uh, the US-China trade war as one of the top geopolitical risks to keep an eye on. What can we expect there?
1: Well, it's it's a very interesting and... uh, Still, uh, you know, kind of a highly uncertain and highly uh, still evolving kind of subject. I mean, U.S. trade war uh, has been going on for two years between 2018 and earlier this year, and uh, and because the pandemic situation and how they developed in the U.S. and uh, and some domestic uh, kind of turmoil in the U.S. and the upcoming uh, presidential election in November in the U.S., all of that combined uh, is motivating the current administration in the US to really toughen uh, their kind of tones against China. That is nothing new. Uh, every time we have had a presidential election in the US, you, the candidates will usually do a round of China bashing. Um, and, and you see that uh, both Trump and, and Biden are, are doing that. So so that was kind of uh, on the cards already before all the, the this mess happened. But when it comes to Trump, it's very hard to, because of his unpredictability, it's kind of hard to say whether, you know, his threats of sanctions on on China, on Chinese policymakers, or, you know, removing the special uh, status that Hong Kong has, and many other things. I mean, he also even promised to to drop the phase one trade deal that they signed in January. And uh, scale back, uh, uh, get a return of the the trade war full blown. So so it's very hard to know whether those are empty threats or if there's any substance to that. I mean, before we have been during the the U. S. China trade war um, between 2018 and, and and this year, we have been surprised by uh, him actually, you know, um, acting on quite uh, you know wild threats. So so it's definitely hard to say whether the things he's promising now, whether it's just a political noise ahead of the election, or are, uh, is he actually uh, going to, to act on some of that. And I think that is um, kind of having a, a negative impact for financial markets, but probably also for the general business sentiment around China, and, and therefore could also be a huge downside risk to China's economic recovery this year.
0: Um, Great. Well, these are certainly interesting times. Uh, Thank you so much, Amy, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, You can find the full report and more of Amy's research at emarkets.nordea.com.